Good morning. Good Chedeshel. So continuing our uh, series on Seder Ishtalshlus. So last week I covered um, the Elmas. Atzilus, Bria, Yitzira, Asiya. Both in um, the logic, the Seichel, of an orderly progression from vision to creation, outline, skeleton, to fleshing it out, Yitzira, Tzura, Chaymer, Tzura, and then finally, like Tikkun, uh, the Asiya being the full dimensional final product, so to speak. How it plays itself out in our lives, even in in Yon Elam, in building anything you build, whether it's architecture or or music or writing a book or a business plan. And also in Aveda, like we say every day, which corresponds to the four elements, Tahira being Atsilis and then Barosh Yitzhat and Fakhtabi. And also say that Atfil in general, Davening is Sulam Mutsavatsa, it's a, a ladder that we climb, where we begin first with Heida, Maidaani, Hoidu, which is on a basic level like Nefesh. More on a behavioral level, would be like Nihi, or an Elamis Elamasiya. And then we move to Psukha de Zimra, which is more involves Midis, Ruach, Nefesh Ruach, Nusham, Ruach, Elamayitzira. And then you move more to Mechin, the level of Krishma, 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 so more Briya, Nusham, Chabad. And then Shemanesha, the fourth level, is Atsilis. Uh, we stand more in Bittal a level that is beyond the Kechis Agluyim Chaya or Atsilis or Tehira so they all correspond to each other the fifth level in context of Nefeshuch Neshama Chaya Chida is usually not accessible on a daily basis that's why only on Yom Kippur you have Chomesh Tefillis a fifth prayer Ni'ila and Shabbos uh, and Yantiv, you have the fourth uh, Musaf, which is, corresponds to Techai as well. But the bottom line is, in Avedis Adam, it's a progressive growth, both on a daily basis and also in our lives. You don't begin with being a Tamil Chachim or a Eved Hashem. You start on a child level. The language of Chsid is Ibur, Unique, Meichin, or Mutfe, Murgish, Muskel the development and maturity of a child from much more of a behavioral reflexive of a newborn to being a, a creature of emotions driven mostly by midas and then by bar mitzvah or bas mitzvah beginning meichin the godless where meichin begins to take control so all this shows on a growth and in the context of elements it's asiya, yitzira, briya, atzilus and the fifth would be already elements that ain't higher than Atsilas. So, however you look at it, the four elements are really like a structure, both in Elam Kotan Adam and also in Elam Gadol, both on a microcosm and a macrocosm. Wherever you go, there's these levels. And they each one have their particular madre. The next thing I also focused on 
was the connection to each other. They're not just four steps. They, they relate to each other. And each one is the ten spheres. There's Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed, Vurit, Tefes, Netzachet, Yisrael, Malchus, and Atzilis, and Bria, Yitzir, and Asiyah. Those same spheres are nishtalshal, and they evolve, and each one according to that particular level. So if Atzilis is vision, as I put it, or Ilama Ardus, so there the spheres are Iyu v'chayu ichad, Iyu v'gamu ichad. Their focus is Elokus, what does the Ebershter want? In Bria, the spheres begin to already be a Metzias, so focus is more on what is Chochmah, what is Bina, and as they take shape in Yitzira and then ultimately in Asiyah, the, the spheres themselves also become more tangible, like more keli, and the air is more behelim. When it's nostalgia and ars, in nefesh, that's already those spheres as they're manifesting in the nefesh adam, nostalgia mehen, the language of Tanya. So the ten keiches correspond to the ten spheres, and when we use our minds and our hearts, vidaita yem, shavesilavavecha, and, um, and we bring it into Meissen, into Nehi, into Malchus, and so on, we're elevating our keiches and aligning them to the keiches alikim, which essentially is this process of climbing. Now, anything in life that is going to be healthy has to go, you start with Agdus, with Atzilis, and it moves then into Bria, Yitzir, and Nasir. So really, this can be a formula for anything in life of looking at where a person is living, like I mentioned the example, you build a house and you have the bricklayers and the electricians and the plumbers are not the ones that are supposed to give direction what the building is supposed to look like. Their job is to, once they know what the building is like, the, the blueprint of the building, then they come and they fill in their pieces. So in life as well, Avedis Hashem means that first you have a matara, your kavona is lasis leis baradir and then, or vasili migdish b'shachanti b'seicham, like Moshe Rabbeinu shared the vision. Then comes the actual building. B'tzal comes and builds piece by piece. And that's how you do it. But the pieces are built, aligned with the Matara. If you don't begin with the goal, which is like that Silas Shabbazah, then the other steps will be compromised. So in many ways, the real uh, challenge is how do we look at our lives? And we have to go Mamatala We have no choice. And how do we align ourselves to what the Matara is? So in many ways, that's really Avedis Hashem in general, is the idea of creating that focus, what is the goal? And then the goal dictate, dictates and defines the details. So it's a little summary of what I said. I didn't say anything really new right now, I just summed it up because it's so fundamental. So I want to take it to the next level. Let's talk a bit about um, how the Elamis Anshtal is how they actually come into being. Like everything, everything is This is the way the Ebishter creates it. And then we are here already in Asiya, in Asiya Gashmis Vachumris. And how through Avedamatalamaila we elevate. So everything is always a two step process. I say that because a lot of times when you look this, you don't you don't realize that. And when you have that context, it helps understand the Maimur. Are we talking about how the Abish is creating it, or are we talking about how we're elevating it? The goal, obviously, is the Ebesh to Bereshit Baro Lekim Shemayim Vesaretz. Sheish Hashem Osa Hashem Lekim Masa Shemayim Vesaretz. He created six days. Each day has its Kol Yema V'yema Ovid Avidita. Every day has its Yehi Eir on day one. Yehi Rekia, day two, etc. Each of the days. And then Odem Achava come on the sixth day, which is Rosh Hashanah, actually. 
And their job is now to take the whole world that was created, so to speak, and to now elevate it. To take it all and direct it towards Elokus. Or in the language of the Pasuk, La'ovda means the Ramach Essentially, working the garden is really the working of Avedis Abirudim, that other Machava were placed in the garden, and they're essentially the, the essence of creation, the crown jewel, the human race. Then it was just two people. And their job is to make sure that the world is aligned to what they wish to want. However, because Bechira Nesuna, we have Rashus Nesuna, we have Bechira, the Eitzadas, they had the choice, and they made the wrong choice. And that's the story of history. And after that, they were expelled from Gan Eden. So the Aveda continues, but now it's much harder. Because now we have to also contend with, like we learned in Basra Gani from the Medrash, that no longer Ikr Shechina B'Tachtenim, he said, now went Behelam, Histalkos HaShechina, Riki Hashvi, the next generation of Chatoim, Riki Hashvi, Ashishi, all the way, the Mabul. And then Avram reversed the process and began Hizchil Lehoyed, and brought down the Shekhinah from Kiyashvi to Shishi and Yitzchok to, to Chamishi. And Moshe Rabbeinu, the Derashvi, brought it down with Shekhanti B'Seicham as it was meant to be in the beginning of creation. But then came the Chet Egel, which again, Chazra Zumason, the Tumah, the toxins returned from Eitz Adas. And the rest is history. That even though Matan Teirah gave us the power to, to create from this Elam Hazah, Chefsha Shagdusha, but still requires hard Aveda. So ever since, thousands of years, till this very day, what we've been doing is aligning everything, doing our Aveda, everything possible, of the Lashamra to align this Asiya to Yitzira, and Yitzira to Briya, and Briya to Atzilus. So essentially, if you say, what is Gula? Gula is Atzilus that's completely shining through Asiya. That would be in the language of, of Elamis, Dira B'Tachten. And even higher than Atsilas. But that's our Aveda. Our Aveda. Just to make drive the point home further, you may all Basil Gani Tovshiral the Rebbe brings from all the Rabbein, from the Rebbe Marash, he brings the the Mosul of Munich Bakufsa. That when you do a mitzvah, why don't we see it? We say a mitzvah changes the world. Why don't we see that it changes? With our Aini Basra, we don't see. The answer is it changes. We don't we, our physical eyes can't see it now. So it's like Munich Bukufsa. It's like you can't, you're, you're generating an energy, but the energy is it's locked in a chest. What's the Kufsa? The Kufsa is Atsilis. That's why the language is Maisif Eiris Batsilis. So you put on the film, and you tell us, you daven, a mitzvah, you blow shefer, you eat matzah, whatever the mitzvah may be. Those mitzvah, every mitzvah is Moshan Tzavsa Bechibur, connection. It's Mamshech and Eir. And that air is Nitzchid, Alter Rebbe says, the Elam Vod, it never goes away. But where is it? So it's like stored in that silos within existence. So it's right here, but it's stored in a place that uh, obviously a tzaddik can sense it, we can't. Lost at Love, it'll be in his gala, the kufsa will be opened, and then everything, think of it like the building blocks. We build the building blocks, and uh, at the end of the process, it'll all just come to surface. And that's when Nigla Kvayt Hashem, but all called Basar Yagdav, will see the Gilead Likuds. And what I just said now 
is basically the summary of Pedek Lamed Vod Lamed Zayin of Tanya. That's what he says. That our Veda, Imam Shechelikus, Masenu Avedesenu, every mitzvah, every mitzvah slesis, every mitzvah sesa, especially Zdokah, it refines the Gashmi Se'elam, and the Asalov will be and all the Pesukim the Alter Rebbe brings, Ayin Ba'ayin Yiro, V'nigla Kveda Hashem V'ro, Kol Bosa Yachdov, Mol Ares Deis Hashem Kamayim Le'yam Achasim, he doesn't bring that, but that's, they're all the same theme, generally speaking, of the Gili Alakus, what is Gili? The Gili of all these Edis, which by now are millions, billions, of every act, every mitzvah, every effort, Every Mercedes Nefesh, every tear, blood, sweat, and tears that our ancestors and all the generations till today, what they accomplished is not in vain, God forbid. It's called it being stored in Atsilas. And the day will come like an eruption of a volcano, to give an example. It, a, a volcano doesn't erupt overnight. It builds up, pressures are being built up. When we see the eruption, it's already the end of the process. So like, also in a positive way, you know, you do things that you plant the seeds and then comes the time when it gets all revealed. So I'm just putting it into that context. So what I wanted to continue discussing is how these elements move from one world to the next, so to speak. Both Mamayi Lamata and Mamata Lamayi. So let's talk about something I haven't talked about till now, which is um, the concept of the Parsois. Or put in simple English, the partitions that separate Atzilus from Bria and Bria from Yitzira and Yitzira from Asiyah. Because at the end of the day, the question is, since the Abishta wanted to create it in a logical manner, in a structured manner, how suddenly does Atzilus get to Bria? What makes it Bria? Why is it not still Atzilus? So we all know the concept of Tzimtzumim. That Seder Talsus is not just a series of Giluyim, it's also a series of Tzimtzumim. Starting with the Tzimtzum the Tzimtzum addition we talked about at length months ago, is a paradigm shift. That's like a complete leap, like Loshon Achsidus, B'derech Siluk, not B'derech Miyut, where Elokus was B'pshitus, and Elam is B'schatus, and they should turn the whole thing around that now Elam is B'pshitus and Elokus is B'schatus. But that means in simple English, is before the Tzimtzum, the consciousness is Eneid Movadeh. We can't really feel it, but we can understand it. Imagine a world, or a reality, I should say, that the only thing you know is Elokuz, that's it. There's nothing else. So, again, we have never experienced it, but I remember once Pesach, Memches, Tav Memches, the Rebbe spoke every day Pesach then. So the Rebbe said, he gave a dogma, interesting. He was talking about, I think, children, you can explain this even to children. If I recall correctly, I don't remember the whole context, but... The point I do remember very vividly is this. The Rebbe said, to give a dugme mukhshis of Eirein Sofdif Nat Simpson, look at a child. So the Lashon of Eitz Chaim is that before the Simpson, Loi hoi nisinus mokam the elem is klal. It was Eirein Sof memala kola mitzis, but loi hoi nisinus mokam the elem is klal. There's no room for existence. The Ebershter concealed so-called the divine consciousness, the divine gilui, that's called the Tzimtzum. And now there's space, a it's not the Gashmis, it means there's space. It's like when you leave space for, uh, for someone that, a student, a teacher, you know, if a teacher would just say everything he knows, it would overwhelm the student. You need to leave space. When you communicate with someone, you can't just be uh, suffocating them with all your giluyim. You have to create space. So that ever gave the example of a child. He said, look at a child. When a child is consumed 
with playing something, with playing. Even, even, even Nadashkaiten. There's nothing else by the child except what they're doing right now. That was the Rebbe's dogma of Adrian Self-Defined Simpson. That there's nothing but that. And you, you take a see, look at a child. Again, we're not talking about what the child is doing, but when they do something, like nothing else exists. We adults are always distracted. You may be learning, but then the phone rings, or then this one calls. You know, we're called a multitask. By children, there's this ultra focus. Some uh, agav. So the Simpson Marishan sets the stage of the first main concealment, because without that, we wouldn't be able to exist. Think of the sun shining so brightly, it would blind us. I mean, just a small muscle. So you have to have some helen. You have to, the intensity of the light, or we call the divine consciousness, or the oyer, of the divine presence, has to be concealed. But not just concealed. It has to be reversed, because as long as Eneid Malvade reigns, there's no way that a human being can exist and have pechira, and b'chal feel like an independent entity. So the fact that we are right now sitting here, and as much as you have amuna, pshuta, and you know that ain't made and Hashem mitzvah love, v'boichin kleiz v'lev, and I'm sure you're aware of it every second, right? We all know it's still aveda, and it's still behelam, and even if you're aware, in seichel, it doesn't mean it goes into yamidus, or ma'is v'peil. Even the most devout person, how is that possible? If Eneid Movadi Kepshute Mamish, there should be no possibility for us to do anything that's outside of Elikos. The answer is because the same Eberster, that is Eirein Sov Mamalakolam and Siyas, like he says in Tanya, Shayichad Amuna, just like there's Hagodl, there's Hagibet, Hain Hain Vuresov. The Eberster also has the power to conceal, to withhold. So, yes, if the Gilui would just be unfettered and unlimited, there would be no room for anything. But that's what the Tzimtzum Arishan does, and it reverses now, if you compare the two consciousness, suddenly you come to realize, you know, before, Elikus is the only reality, and Elamis is a novelty. Now it's the opposite. We wake up in the morning, our consciousness is about ourselves, and about the world around us. And you have to remind yourself, And you have to constantly awaken yourself. We're talking about a regular Yikus. Even at Tzadigam, the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, Lamata doesn't come to his connection how it is Lamayla. But that's the, so the Tzimtzum Anishin sets the stage. However, that's just the general paradigm shift, or quantum leap, you can call it, from a state of Eneid Molvade consciousness to a Metzius Elam consciousness. But in Metzius itself, we know there is step by step. So that's what Chesidus introduces, it's really from Kabbalah, and from Zayar and so on, especially in Eitzchayim, that is all, the concept of the other Tzimtzumim. And you'll see the language is sometimes Tzimtzumim, Halomis, Hestadim, Misochim, Parsois. All these terms are used interchangeably throughout the Maimorim. Of course, each one of them is different, but overall, in one category, they're called basically, these are the partitions that allow for a structure to exist. And again, we don't have to look far. Look at ourselves. The human body, very basic, even Pashat Gashmi's human body, is not just one unit, head to toe. Every system is compartmentalized. For example, when you take a piece of food in your mouth, the body knows, a healthy body knows, that that food, after you chew it, and it turns into 
something that you can now begin to absorb, knows that it has to go down the food pipe. But there's also another pipe, there's the wind pipe. How does the body know? Because the body has a structure that there, yeah, the windpipe is for breathing, the food pipe is for eating. If has Rashaam, the food goes into the windpipe, a person could choke. That's the first structure, a structure that there's a difference between a windpipe and a food pipe. The same thing is the difference between your lungs and your liver and your heart and your other parts of your body. So as, as much as they're working together, they're also what we can call valves and regulators that make sure that the flow is always proper. The digestive process is, a, is like a miracle of its own. You know, doctors, anyone that studies it, you marvel at the structure. So what the whole, what a real healthy structure is not just that there are giluyim, so to speak, and there's hamshakas, that there's also tzimtzumim, and parsais, and partitions. And when one thing opens, the other thing closes, like we say every day in Ashayotza, chalulim, chalulim, and so on, what, why? Because part of any healthy structure is also, look, here we are in a building. The building is a one building, but the building is made up of parts. There is electricity, and there is water, and there are pipes, and there's rooms. Look at the Mishkan. Mishkan was also the Mishkan, yeah, but there's a Kedosh HaKadoshim, and then there's a Parechas that separates that from Kedosh, and there's a Parechas that separates the next section from, uh, from the Azar of the El-Mayed. The partitions are just as important as the unity, so to speak. In the language of Kabbalah, the partitions are called Mesochim, Parsoyas. Each one has, I said, difference. I'm not going to go so much into the detailed differences. But Masach means a curtain. And a Parsa is like a, is, is a similar, like a partition. Um, one is in Hebrew, one is in Aramaic. But the point being is that partitions are a critical part of existence. That's why we say, Lahavdil. Lahavdil being Kedush Lachel. The Havdolas are equally important as the Azus. That's why you find in Briya Se'elam, so day one, by Yimir Al-Kim Hi'ayr, Yimechot, Avdus. Day two is by Yavdil, created Havdola in the Rukia and between the Rukia, between the Maim Al-Yeni, Maim Tachtenim, etc. The Rebbe always emphasizes that in order to be ma'achet something, you first have to be mavdil. The goal is not that Shabbos and the weekday shouldn't become together. But if you don't recognize that Shabbos is Kedush and Chayl is Chayl, then you'll never really create the Achdus B'nei'ah. So it's paradoxically, when people say, let's all mix together, mixing together actually can create a Bahala, chaos. It's structure, the boundaries that we have, is actually the key to our Achdus. That's why you see in relationships. It's not everyone just does everything. Everyone has to have their role. Any project, if you don't have responsibilities, what happens? People don't know what their job is. They think someone else's job is their job. And then I mean, you see the mess that happens. It's a chachm itself to create structure like that. So that's just a general introduction to the partition, so to speak. So Chassidus talks a lot about the parsa between Atzillus and Bria. Al-Tareb and Tere'er in Vayero and if you want to know about Mekemis, a special place where the Ayin Beis, in, in the Chelek Beis, in the original edition, is a whole section, maybe a good 50, 60 pages, just about the Parsoyes. The Rebbe Rashab brings together from all of Maimorim, the Parsoyes that are there, he says, the Cholish Tashlos, 
from the highest levels to the lowest levels. And they all have different functions. You know, and he actually speaks about the human body. For example, the, well, one of the parsayas is the parsa of the Metzah Garden. I mentioned the context of food, but it's also the Metzah Garden is a parsa. Why? Because from the mind to the heart, it goes through like a narrow channel. And there's the parsa, there's the, the, the diaphragm. There's another parsa. And there's parsois, even in Mechim, there's parsois, the membranes that separate different parts of the brain or between the brain and the, and the skull. So wherever you go, you'll see these structures. And I'm talking now about the, particularly the parsa, the parsa between Atzillus and, and Bria, or between Atzillus and Bia. And al Rebbe uses the language, he says, that the parsa is like, the, the, what's the parsa do that a symptom doesn't do? A symptom is a symptom of the Eir itself. It's like the, the Meshpia is withholding or diminishing, like, in, like in, right now I'm speaking. I'm not saying everything I know about Parsois because I have to communicate it step by step. So I'm being mitzamtzum some of the ideas. A Parsa is an additional element. A, a Parsa is already a partition. It's not just the natural diminishment of Eir. You're adding a curtain. You're adding a curtain. For example, you can, uh, if light is shining into your house, the sunlight, and you don't have any curtains, so yes, you, you can, um, the, the light gets diminished simply by when it travels. The sun is not as bright down below as it is up above. But if you really want to darken the room, or to at least dim the light, you need to do something. Not just dim the light, you have to also put something. You put a partition, you put a curtain. Now we know there are translucent curtains, and there's curtains that are, that, you know, you go to any uh, hotel, for example, you see there are curtains that let some light in, and there are curtains that make the room completely black. So you see in Parsois itself, levels. So Parsa is an additional concealment that's not just the Helama Oyer, it's an additional element. The Moshal Chesidus Gisrit is actually the Moshal of a Moshal. When a teacher teaches an idea, so he can take the idea and he dilutes it and, and, and explains it and so on. But sometimes that's not enough. You need to have a moshal. You need to give an example. Sometimes you give a chida, a riddle. Sometimes it's beremet. Sometimes it's a bilsa All these things that are instruments of communication, when you can't convey an idea in its original form, because it's either too hafshotadik, too abstract, or too deep, so you give a moshal. The moshal is aseus, but you're using a paradigm, you're using an example of something that you can relate to. Like when we say, why is that so valuable? Because everybody has a body. All you got to do is look in the mirror. You don't even need to look in the mirror. You think about, how do I function? And from that, becomes a muscle to understand how it's lamayla. etc., etc. So that is the dogma for what a parsa is. It's taking the gilia lakus, in this case from Atsilas, and how does it move it into Bria? It's not just being mylim the air. It's also adding like a curtain that, that further diffuses and conceals the air. The Alter Rebbe uses an expression that Chassidus analyzes very much in many Maimorim. He says that the air in, in Bria compared to Atzil is like air shall tulda. That's an expression. You may have seen it. And it's like, I just want to, I want to just dwell on it a minute because I hear many people ask me, what is air shall tulda? A strange expression. But Tulda, of course, is a uh, offspring. It's Ovis and Tuldas. Like Ovis Malachas, Tuldas Malachas in, uh, in Shabbos. 
What's the difference in an Av and a Tulda? An Av is a main category, and a Tulda is a subcategory. So you could have, let's say, Bishel is one of the Lamates Malachas, but in Bishel itself, you have how many, how many subcategories? A whole bunch of them. So the, so the same thing is in the concept that he's talking about Ovis and, 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 and like uh, Elot Heldes Yitzchok. So Teldes means literally children. But children doesn't always mean necessarily a biological child. A Tulda is a product of. So it's a result. So in a sense, it's like a, that's why it's, I'm saying like a subcategory. So we say Ershel Tulda, the Pshat is like this. There's Oyer, the light, it's shining. But then the light, is, there's a ha'ara of the air. You could have a reflection of air. But then when it goes through the parsa, the parsa does something to the air that it's no longer the way it was originally. Because what does the curtain actually do that a regular diminishment doesn't do? You can dim the light as much as you want, but it's still the same light. But it's, but becomes it's less. A curtain changes the echos of the light. It's still air. It's still air shaltulda. But it's now like gone through a shift. Um, just to use an example, uh, if you're shining a white light and then somebody comes and puts a colored screen, like a blue screen, and suddenly you see on the wall, you'll see blue. Now you know that the light is not blue. The original light is white. But the screen has somewhat created a shift. So it appears blue. So the Ershel Tulda is like what I said with an example, a Moshel, a Chida, and so on. It takes the air and turns it into another level that we can experience. So now it's no longer the pure air of Atsilis. It's still air that originates in Atsilis, but it's gone through a shift. So these Pasois are analyzed in different Maimodim. I'm not going to do that here, obviously. It's too much to detail, and it's not necessarily the scope of what we're discussing. But it's important to know, because to bring it into, let's call it more Avedadika terms, or more practical application terms, it's really the secret to communication, as I mentioned a number of times, is not just what you say. It's also pacing yourself. You know, you ever hear someone speak, you can see a genius is speaking, but they're speaking too quickly. And I don't just mean quickly, fast. Too many ideas flowing, flowing, and you can't hold up. You'll see good communicators know how to pace it. They'll say an idea, they'll develop it, make sure that they see the people understand, and then they'll take it to the next level. They'll build a structure out of it. So what you don't say is just as valuable as what you do say. Because that's what the... That, so good communication is not just saying things, not just hamshachas, but also parsois, and put it in, in, in other terms. It's understanding the... the that every makabal has different kalim. And not everything, not one size fits all. And understanding the wisdom of the diversity of distinctions. That's really the ultimate art of communication, of relationships. It's knowing how to negotiate the differences between us, not compromise or in any way um, uh, changing the emiss of the Indian, but it's knowing how to communicate it. I always, uh, you know, whenever I speak about these things and I talk about, let's say, Mashiach or controversial matters that people have misunderstandings about or have, or have disagreements about, all the disagreements would be able to go away if you're able to really pace it properly. And it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's always how you say it. You can say the same thing. You say the right way, people will be macabulate. You say the wrong way, people will reject it. Because it's not the teichen. It's not the oyer alone. It's the kelim, to put it in different words. Or in the language we're speaking now, it's not just amshochis, it's also the parsois of how you gauge it and so on. And 
You'll see, you'll see whenever anyone's a master communicator or a good teacher or a good, um, uh, and, and someone who knows how to convey ideas well, it's always that way. It's also in writing and in speaking. And it's like, you know, like, for example, they say the white space is even more important than the black space. What does that mean? It means when you look at a page, a written page, a published page in the Sefer. So tell me, how much the ink occupies and how much is there no ink? There's far more white space than there is black space. The black is the letters. But imagine the letters were on top of each other and there'd be no space between the letters. You couldn't read it. If there were no margins, if there were no space between lines. You know, you ever look at something that's not formatted properly? In other words, the ischalkus, the havdolas, the parsois, between the letters and the words and the, and the, and the lines and the paragraphs is, is even more important than, than, in, um, than, the, word, than the letters themselves. In a sefer teira, if you're a sefer, you know, safras, it's not just writing, you have to also have the space. In the book of Gvil, you have to make sure the letters are separate, they're attached. It's absurd in most cases. Why? So what's so attached? Big thing. So it's not just a technicality. It's because part of existence is not just knowing what the letters are, but also the havdola, ben os, os, ben mila, mila, and mishpat to mishpat, and so on and so forth. So that's really the whole secret of how we create structure. So if Atsilis would remain Atsilis, even if it went through Atsimsum, it wouldn't be enough. You need to have the parsa. And the same thing, there's the parsois between every sphere. Even the parsa between Atsilis and Bria, then there's a parsa between Keser and Chochme, and between Chochme and Bina, and Bina and Das, and so on. And then there's the next level parsa between Bria and Yetzirah. Now, in each case, they have their own particular personality. But, but, but really, what it really is a study of is understanding that the Abishter created, like just to give a simple example, Pasha Vayikra. What does it say? The Hafsakis between Pasha La Pasha, because the Abishter was Mafsik between Pasha La Pasha, even though Mesha is Mesha Rabbeinu. And even Mesha needed to have Hafsakis between Pasha La Pasha because in order to absorb. Because the Abishter would continue speaking, even a Mesha Rabbeinu needs time to listen. There's a Hafsik, and then we continue. You know, I mean, this is always, this is, uh, we're talking now on the highest levels even, Moshe and the Ebershter, you know. So everyone says, Moshe couldn't understand it all. He says, we have to remember, his teacher is the Ebershter. If Moshe was learning with another person, he probably would not need to have sarka as, as much. So it's all of the Erech. You know, when the Rebbe would speak, every, every Sikha, the Sikha is my modem, there was a limit. I mean, usually 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I mean, there are Sikhas that went for an hour, two hours. I think the most I remember is two and a half hours, but... But uh, you need to have a hapsaka. That's why you say, Atkana Kofa Aleph. The Rebbe's grandfather in the Shara Kale, he writes, why do you say Atkana Kofa Aleph? Because Hakofa is makif, it's bleakful. And if you don't have an Atkan, it'll go forever. You know, there's some people never stop dancing. Now, obviously you get tired. But I mean, in Indian, you need to have an Atkan. Atkan is a parsa. Atkana Kofa Aleph. I think uh, that, that famous, uh, when was it? Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, like when was the when they sang Ad Mosef for like two hours by the Fabring and it was Memvov uh, Pesach Sheni or Bezir I remember I forgot already so if you remember the Rebbe spoke about Ad Mosef so he started singing and singing and singing it went for a good two hours if not more remember yeah. and then I think the Rebbe finally the Rebbe said then Nira Gabai is a Machaz and Atkan Hakaf Aleph or something like that um, 
So the atkans are just as important as the hamshachim. So this is just an overview of Barsois and the importance as it applies to us. And of course in Aveda, you know, tafasta marubalei tafasta. You have to go step by step um, in the language of the Posik in Mishpotim, what does it say, when he, they conquered Eretz Yisrael? Um, I lost the Lashon HaKosov. Ma'at ma'at agarshanu. Agarshanu. Why? Because you can't just... Uh, that's why when they went to Eretz Yisrael, it had to be slowly, step by step. Understanding the steps is as, as important as the Indian itself. And Aveda, not to fool yourself. Not to jump more than you have to. Now, Kamuvan, in their times, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, there are times we have Ladalik Shur, Tshuva, the ability to jump a few steps. But in Bethlehem, Tmidin Kassidah, and Asaydah, the Kaveda, you need those steps. So, in a way, Atzilus, Bri, Atzir, Asiyah are besides the Hamshachah of each one, which we talked about last time, is also the steps that each one and how each one goes into the next one. So, in this spirit, we'll stop here at Kant and make a parsa until the next week. Everyone have a Good day and good chedesh al. Be well. Ksiv v'chsim Okay. Good.